Our scripture lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 8. You already heard Marilyn make reference to it. It is Luke 8, 4 through 8, and then we'll skip to verses 11 through 15. So follow with me as we hear this parable that Jesus told. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered from lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, let anyone with ears listen. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes, the way the word, takes away the words from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe only for a while and in a time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. But as for that in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this is one of those scriptures that very well may sound at least a little familiar to people who have been in and around the church very much. Um, maybe you've read it yourself multiple times. Maybe you heard reference to it in the children's message like we just did a few minutes ago. Maybe you've heard it in Bible school or Sunday school. There are a whole, there's a whole lot in this scripture for us to process in just a few verses. And so for, for a few Sundays, we're going to spend some time looking at this passage. And each week we'll look at part of it from a different perspective. As a whole, I want to use the scripture to look at the daily realities of discipleship. Some of the things that can inhibit growth as a follower of Jesus and some of the things that can aid in our growth. I want to offer some thoughts on places in life when we might find ourselves somewhere in this parable. The causes and the reality of life when we find ourselves in those places and how to eventually grow beyond them. I want to use this parable of the sower or the parable of the soils to consider purposeful growth beyond some of the places we can get stuck occasionally. I think it's easy to hear this parable with the idea that the people he's talking about and the, the seed being scattered in their lives 
I think it's easy to hear it as though these people are hearing the word of God for the very first time. And the various kinds of soil as representing only those people who have never heard the word before. And that would be legitimate. I mean, that does apply. But I also believe those who have walked with Jesus for years can find themselves occasionally in these conditions as well. And that finding ourselves in other than healthy and spiritually fertile conditions, we might not always be able to respond in productive ways to the word of God and the work of God in our lives. We don't just hear and encounter these seeds that are the word of God before we know Jesus. We continue to hear them, encounter them, interact with them, and be impacted by them for the remainder of our lives. So this is not just a, an illustration that goes for an initial exposure to the word of God. It's about all of our lives all of the time. And while we would hope to remain spiritually fertile disciples of Jesus, receptive to the word of God for all of our lives, you know as well as I do that we go through those times in which we can parallel our lives to the soils in this parable. Sometimes we can be like the path in the first example, hardened, beaten down, unreceptive. Sometimes we can be like the rocky soil with little depth in which the word of God struggles to grow. We can become like the thorny ground, having fresh growth in our lives that quickly gets choked out by all the busyness and stresses of life. So I want to take some time and look at these various states of spiritual existence represented by the various soils in the parable and how they can impact our lives as followers of Jesus. This morning, let's look at life on the path or maybe more accurately, life as the path. Sometimes it feels like that. Life during those times when we look and feel worn out, beaten down, even maybe we would say lifeless at some point. And to make us feel worse when we're in those moments, we look around and like the path in this picture, there's growth going on all around us. Everybody else seems to be doing well. Others are blessed in their relationship with God. They're growing spiritually. They've made it through troubled times in the past and now they're no longer that hardened soil, the path. Now they're growing and being productive and fruitful. And then here we are, feeling like a path beaten down because of recent troubled times, of struggles we're encountering various conditions in life that may lead us to be there temporarily. Now, the scripture absolutely does indicate that people can be like this hardened path. But I don't see anywhere in the Bible it says we're destined to stay there. We are not meant to stay that way forever. So let's, let's look at it a little bit in more, more detail. Physically, as you look at a path like that in the picture, or maybe you think about your garden, 
or your flower bed and what it looks like in February. Beaten down, hard, needing some care. That's the way Jesus portrayed this portion in the parable that, that we can find ourselves sometimes. If we look at it in terms of physical soil, there are ways to change hard, beaten down soil. One of the processes I found was described this way. You sprinkle the ground with water lightly, or maybe you hope for a light, gentle rain. You break up the soil with tools, hose, shovels, a pickaxe, maybe a rototiller. You lightly water it again, and then you add organic material to it, maybe compost. Um, maybe you add some gypsum if that uh, is indicated by the soil there. If it's mostly clay, you can add sand to it and you work it all in and you turn it up to a depth of eight inches and then you're ready to go, at least for a while. But in what I read, there was the warning that this condition of hardness or dryness can be recurring. So we need to be aware of that possibility. I think that illustration of soil can easily connect to our life as disciples of Jesus Christ. Wherein, wherein the work being done by the gardener now represents the renewing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In those moments, we just feel beaten down and like we're hard and unreceptive. In 2 Corinthians, this is chapter 4, Paul writes as if he's been there. He understands situations like this. He admits that we're fragile and can be at risk. But listen to these words of hope offered in verse 7 of chapter 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. It sounds like Paul understands what it means to feel weary and beaten down and worn down. But listen, did you hear where he ended? Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. He gets it. He understands, yes, we can be worn down. Yes, we can go through difficult times. Yes, we can struggle. But the death and resurrection of Jesus and the power connected with that resurrection is stronger than anything we might encounter. Stronger than any point of mournness, beaten downness, dryness, unreceptiveness. He gets it. That even in those tough times, Jesus can still be revealed in our lives and to us. And his power can work in us to restore us to a more healthy, more receptive state as we respond to the work of God and the word of God being planted in us. In the Old Testament, 
If you look through the book of Isaiah, you see significant chunks of that, that book, that prophecy spoken to the people of God there, that focus on the fact that they've not been so faithful. In fact, they've blown it. They failed. And sometimes the words to them through Isaiah are chastising and words of warning. In particular, chapter 34 talks about the failure of the people of God and the judgment to come upon them. It uses words to create the imagery of a ruined, dried up, failing nation. But listen to the words as chapter 35 begins, everything changes. We find hopeful words, words of prophecy being spoken to those people. Isaiah 35 at the beginning of that chapter says, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear, your God will come. Do you hear those words? Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. What a change in the sense of what was being said to these people. All of a sudden, they hear words of hope being spoken to a land that's just been kind of raked over the coals for their failure and they've gone through difficult times. But now the word of God comes to them in hope and promise. Spoken for those who have felt a little beaten down like the path that Jesus referred to. Walked on, worn down, hard, dry. I believe God speaks words of hope to our hearts today in just as real of a way as Isaiah spoke on behalf of God at that time. When life and growth are hard to find for us. When renewal of heart and soul whether for an individual or a church as a whole. Seems like a great idea, but it doesn't feel like it's really happening right now. When we need to be reminded that the hardened path doesn't have to stay hardened forever. I want you to hear that. I want you to know that and believe that today, that God can break up the hardened ground of our heart and soul just as surely as a gardener can break up hard ground in the garden. It may not always be a simple, easy process that God does in our lives, but understand it will always be out of a deep, deep love for the people of God and will always be for our best. I want to ask you to do something this morning. I want to give you a chance to think about those things in your life that might be beating on you a little bit right now. Or that have beaten on you in the past, whether recent past or distant past. 
maybe you even have some things bouncing around in your head and heart that have yet to beat you down, but you're a bit concerned that they might because of some things you know that may be coming soon. It's a way to prayerfully acknowledge to God that there are things in life that beat us and wear on us. A way to acknowledge that we need the loving care of our Lord to work in us as the heavenly gardener in our lives to break up the hardened places. For just a couple of minutes, as we hear a little bit of meditative kind of music and have a prayerful time, I want to ask you to take your picture of the beaten down path and prepare to write on it in just a minute. After thinking and praying, I want you to write on the path in that picture, write some of the things that have made or can make you feel worn down, beaten up. Now, this is only for you. I'm not asking you to share this with anybody else or show anybody else. This is only for you. So you can be as honest with yourself and God as you want to be. Write down some of those words that represent the struggles that may beat on us and cause us to feel dried and worn out like the path in the picture. I listed just a few of the possible things in our lives that might make us feel that way. Abuse, health concerns, finances, family concerns and relationships, exhaustion, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe both. It could be depression, it could be loneliness. Could be grief. Maybe on our list we include hard or frustrating times at work or at school. Maybe we include difficult or painful relationships. Maybe things out of our control, like being isolated by a pandemic that caused us to dry up a little bit. Now, the list also might include a lot of good things. Things that we love and appreciate and enjoy, but together they're wearing us down because we are so constantly busy. We all have our own list from various times in our lives. And some of us may have concerns to put on this list that maybe hasn't happened, but you feel like it's about to. Take just a a minute as we sit prayerfully Ask God to show you. It might be possible that you're thinking about somebody else as much as yourself this morning. Somebody else whose life seems hardened and beaten down. no more receptive to what God wants to do in their lives right now than the hard path is. Maybe you want to include on your list 
concerns for them. As you make your list, offer that list to God in prayer. Ask God to rain gently on your soul and begin to break up that hard, dry area. Ask God to add whatever might be missing in any given part of life, just like a gardener might add compost or sand to hard soil. Ask God to begin to restore that part of heart and soul that needs renewing. You or the other persons you're concerned for were not meant to stay in this dried out, beaten down state. So whether you're there now or find yourself there in the future or know someone who's there, understand that is not where God means for us to stay. We were meant to be spiritually fertile and receptive, moving forward in our relationship with Jesus, growing further and deeper in connection to our Lord. Take just a minute. Look at your list. Whether for you or someone else. that list to God in prayer in fact as we sing our closing hymn I would even invite you if you want to to bring your list to this place to kneel in prayer here again not to leave it not to show it to anyone else but I believe we need to be able to offer our list to God in prayer because of those difficult times when we feel like that beaten down path and we know they can surely beat on us. We know that they prevent us from growing in our faith, from loving the Lord with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if you choose, you are more than welcome to come and spend a moment here in prayer while we pray. Bring your list, roll it up, Fold it, keep it in your hand. Nobody else needs to see it. As you do, I pray that God will begin to restore receptiveness to his word to all of us, breaking up the hardened and beaten down parts of life or the lives of those you're concerned for and that this work will continue as long as it's needed that we are reminded that it's made possible only because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus our Lord. Lord, come and work in the gardens of our heart and soul. A lot of us have had those moments maybe weeks, months, or even years where we felt dried, beaten down, unreceptive. 
to the word of God that you want to plant within us. So Lord, our heavenly gardener, come and do the work of renewing our hearts and souls where the world has worn on us and beaten us down, hardened us, made us unreceptive. Come and do the renewing work that only you can do by your Holy Spirit. We offer ourselves to you to make life new again. according to your wisdom, your will. And by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We give ourselves to you in Christ's name. Amen.